from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Pantapelo, sapacchetti. Is that uh, it's better than singing? Yes, that's true. That's true. Did that did that fully indicate to all the listeners that uh, what tournament's going on? Could they tell by that? I don't think any of them are still listening. <laughs> they thought they had the uh, the Super Mario Brothers podcast. Yes. Remember that game? You remember? Yeah, that? Of course, absolutely. I had one, two, and three. And I remember being in line for uh, part three when it came out. You're such a dork. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was like two years ago. Got it at Skaggs Grocery Store at uh, in Garland, Texas. Never heard of it. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, exist anymore. I mean, Garland. I've never, <laughs> never heard of King it. King of the Hill. You knew that's what that show was based on, right? What? Garland, Texas. Really? Yep. Wait, what? Yeah. I had no idea. It was Arlen instead of Garland. That's where they got it from. No way. Yep. All right. That's what my hometown's famous for. I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> so, Rome, what do you think? So, by the way, just so everybody knows, prepare now. It's a short podcast. Crybaby Corey's been <laughs> under the weather. That's right. I barely got him up here. Yes. I thought you were going to say, uh, welcome to the revolution. That too. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> welcome to the revolution. Corey, how are you? I'm, I'm good. No, you're not. This, is, this podcast is invigorating me. Is it really? As it always so. does. I hope it does. <laughs> uh, we can forego Corey's Corner. It's been such a hit. We've been getting fan letters by the... I'm ready for Corey's Corner today. We've been getting fan letters by the one. Yeah. <laughs> Self-autobiographical uh, fan letter. Or not, that wouldn't be... Yeah, autobiographical. That was right. I don't know. See, I don't even have my uh, normal English expertise today. But, so, yes, I enjoyed the tournament. It was... I felt like we had competitive tennis for a change. Now, by the way, I must say that... The difference between women's and men's broadcasting has been the worst in the history of women's <laughs> tennis, maybe not like in the 60s. Yeah. But it's horrific. Well, as we've talked about, I don't have BN, so I only get to see highlights, but I'm assuming they don't even have tennis broadcasters on that network. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't put it all together. They're all like new people you don't even... Well, there's a podcast that I listen to. Believe it or not, there's another podcast out there about tennis that's not us. <laughs> it's called, um, what is it? The name escapes me. Oh, The Tennis Podcast. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh, and w- I think both of the people that are on it are legitimate journalist-type folks. Okay. Unlike us. I was about to say, yeah. what were you implying? So they... Uh, they both, uh, I guess, write and commentate and whatever else, do other stuff about tennis. Um, but they don't have the expertise in the actual <laughs> game that, okay. that, that you and I do, of right. course. Uh, but uh, I, I think I heard one of them commentating on a match on BN. Okay. <laughs> now, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Well, I, it kind of answers your question. They do have people, but it might not be. I don't know if they were doing it for BN or BN was just getting the audio. I don't know how it all works, man. What I you're can, saying is the possibilities for us are endless. Put it this way. I can barely <laughs> operate this podcast, all right? <laughs> we may not be recording now. Right. For all, we're, This is just for fun <laughs> so we can get in and talk to each other. Yeah. It's like an extended phone call, essentially. No, because you wouldn't be answering. <laughs> We've been over this. It's how he locks me in this room and he says, you talk until the timer stops. Yeah, I just call you. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so that's the first thing is, unfortunately, I didn't get to see a lot of women's tennis. You obviously got to saw, see zero. <laughs> yeah, just highlights, which was really frustrating because there were actually really interesting matches that I wanted to see. I I think the same thing. I mean, to be honest with you, I hope nobody raves about that men's final because I don't think it was all that interesting. I don't either. Am I uh, an asshole here or what? I think that this was, but I do think overall this was probably the best week of tennis since, you know, at least Indian Wells, if not sooner, if not the Australian Open. On the on the men's side, you mean? Just in both, oh, men's right. and women's, because you had all the top players playing, minus Federer, of course. Who? But, um, and they played, you know, competitive matches and went, 
you know, the better players went deep in the tournaments. So it made it more exciting on both the uh, genders. Yeah. Um, anytime you have to, anytime you have to ask the question, Rafa or the field, <laughs> I did hear that after the tournament. Well, anytime you have to ask that before any tournament, right? It kind of lends itself to okay, this might not be good. But then when you pretty much nobody will pick the field, it's even worse, right? Because uh, I, I think that's going to be the case going forward. Well, I love it how one of them that when they got that question, they were like, "This is a difficult question." <laughs> not right. only did they pick the field, they didn't even want to. They didn't even want to talk about it. It was so obvious, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I do think. The Djokovic match in the semifinals and the Zverev, obviously, the finals, and the fact that he lost last week does make it more interesting than it would than it was looking like two weeks ago. That's, that's exactly what Vegas wants you to say. <laughs> that's exactly what they want you to say. You mean, they want you mean you to, New Jersey? Yeah, or there, yeah, uh, Atlantic City. <laughs> they want you to think there's a chance for him not to win, right? but there's not. I told you I was pretty surprised the, that he was not that big of a favorite in the betting a week ago. I was I was shocked. I thought he'd be like a three to one favorite. Well, keep in mind that Vegas isn't interested in what's actually going to happen. They're only interested in what you and I think are going to happen. Well, and that's true. And then we can bet on 127 other players or him. That would be a pretty crazy to have one player be like a three to one. Would be pretty. I don't. I doubt that's ever happened in a tennis tournament. Well, and to prove what I just said, the odds change. But yet nothing in the tournament or nothing in Rafa's health or whatever change, you know, from one day to the next. It all has to do with how much money's getting, you know, put on one laid down on one side. Now they've got to tweak it so more money goes to the other side. So they don't you know Yeah, they want it to money. be even as long you know, the betting to be right. both ways. Yeah, so he's a one to two right now. Weird. So I get what well, I guess is that that is not as uh, he's more of a favorite now than he was, which is kind of funny. Well, I don't understand how anybody, first of all, please tell me one thing about that tournament that made you think he wouldn't win the French walking away. Well, for one, um, in the semis, Djokovic pushed him much more than I thought he would. Agreed. I, and and he's still improving, so he's going to be better at the French than he is right now. I sure as hell hope so. <laughs> and then the fact that Zverev was up, you know, in the third set of break tells me that he at least has to end the team beat him a couple weeks ago, but that's not this tournament. But I think that proves that he can also have bad patches, and if he has bad patches, the problem is the bad patches don't hurt as much in the French as they do in a two out of three set. But Right. But I think it's... At least players are within reach now, whereas in Barcelona, they didn't look like they were even in reach. So, um, Djokovic is still not full on the Joker yet. Do you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Like 75, 80, what percent? I think that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's hard to say because you would think if he's 100, he's beating everybody button it all on clay which i guess he did in this tournament but <laughs> but i still right. think he was i think 75 i would say that i i told somebody yesterday i don't think he'll be back to 100 percent until the open and well, they said maybe wimbledon i said well the problem is he's got a lot of tennis between now and then so he's not gonna be fresh at wimbledon right well it depends on how early he goes out in the french so because all of our, you know, uh, well wishes for him to get back to a decent percentage so he can actually compete and, and push Nadal a little bit. That That's all I care about. But his performance, you know, I, a lot like the finals, I don't know if, if his performance was more important or watching Rafa kind of go in and out. Because... Yeah, that was weird. Because the, the, the performance in the finals, it was a shit show on one side of the court or the other. It just happened to flip-flop. Yeah. I mean, six one one six. what the hell is that? Yeah, I mean, if you could have asked me to guess the score of the first two sets, I would have never come up with that. You might have come up with 6-1 and 6-1. Right. But in that order, yeah. not <laughs> in the other order. How about how about him winning the first game with a break? That's fair up and then losing right. six straight. Well, what do you think would have happened had they not had the rain delay? It was 3-2. I think Nadal was 
was down a break. Well, it was, it was three one before the first little. Okay, so I didn't. I wasn't where there were two rain delays. Yeah, I think there was kind of a little. They didn't either. They didn't leave the court. Put it this way, they didn't need a warm up. Yeah, after okay. the first little bit. Um, what would have happened? Well, I don't know because nothing after the rain delays. Verov did not win a game. He looked right. horrible. Right. <laughs> well, but he was up three one, and if the initial, if they would have just kept playing from the beginning of that set. I think Zverev would have gotten to 5-2 and then maybe choked. <laughs> right. Um, no, he could have won it. I mean, he could have been far enough ahead yeah. to where he could even limp to the finish line. Um, I've seen that before, certainly. Right. And, I mean, obviously, Nadal must have done something, changed something in the break, even if it was just got refocused. Yeah, he got his mind right. Whereas I don't think Zverev, you know, when you're ahead, up a break – I feel like you're more likely to just say, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You're, what you're doing is working. You know, they keep doing, you know, and it's, and I feel like you get a little bit complacent. Well, basically the level of play went up and down between the two players. I mean, neither of them played well at the same time. Neither, neither of them played horrible at the same time. Uh, and so that's how you end up with a score that looks like that. And then you throw the rain, rain delay in and Zverev, is probably out in you know sitting there freaking out, thinking, "All right, I'm up a break." You know, yeah, I got this, or oh my god, I'm up a break. You know, and now he's just thinking and thinking and thinking <laughs> and thinking. That's never thinking's not good. Yeah, and so to give you an update on these odds, I just went to a, the first website that came up. Nadal against the field is a four to nine bet. So you got to bet uh, what be nine hundred to win four hundred, right? Uh, you're you're talking to the wrong. I have no <laughs> idea. I literally don't. I'm well, not. basically, it means that he's more than a two to one favorite against the field. Wow, which is pretty insane. Well, I need to go to the track more. <laughs> I, now, I as an NCAA, that was yesterday too. As the NCAA coach, uh, as an NCAA coach, I can vote. Uh, vote. I can bet on horse racing. Okay, that's funny. That's not an NCAA sponsored sport. Oh, that's how it works. As far as I know. Okay. Uh so yeah, so I can I can I can bet the ponies. And if I did, I might know more about what the hell you're talking about <laughs> over there with the 4 to 9 and the 17 well, and the 800. As you said about it being sad, so that his his uh being a favorite is such a obvious choice. They have a bet on there you can bet for him not only to win the tournament but also lose less than 70 games. <laughs> so, you normally you just you bet on someone to win the tournament, you're doing pretty well. They've got a with right. him, it's so obvious that he's going to win. They've got a Add a number of games. Prop bets. I think those are called prop yeah. bets, right? Mm-hmm. I know stuff. <laughs> I don't. I don't gamble. Yeah, and the next best player is eight to one. Zverev is eight to one. Oh wow. What? Uh, what's Serena? Um, or is there? Do they have odds on whether she's actually going to play or not? <laughs> Can you bet on that? I'm sure they do. They you, well, as you know. Tell you one thing. She was at the royal wedding, wasn't she? Yeah, that's right, in like three different outfits. Oh, my God, you watched it, didn't you? I actually didn't, but I... <laughs> you wanted to. Because it was Serena, they kept, I kept I seeing it on tennis. Uh, so much right now. <laughs> I know you want... Uh, you'll never admit it to me. I'm I recorded it. Oh, my God. No, they had a... I was running a tennis tournament during the wedding, so I had a lot of people complaining to me about you this. You could have watched it <laughs> live... In a movie theater. Did you, have you seen that? I didn't know that. No. Oh my god! I was looking for. I was just looking at other things on at the theater, and I go through, and I was like, "Wait, the royal wedding? What is that a documentary? Just because there happens to be a royal wedding right now? Nope, <laughs> live, unbelievable." So they've got Serena as ten to one for the French. Wow. Which a lot of that is name recognition, as as most of these bets are. Like you said, it's not based on who's actually going to win. It's who do they think the people are going to bet on. So what does that mean? Ten to one. She's definitely going to win it, or she's a little further away. It doesn't mean she's far away. She's the fifth, the fourth highest. So oh. you, if you bet a hundred dollars for her to win the tournament, you'd win a thousand. So uh, listen, um, I can't bet. But if, uh, <laughs> if I give you a hundred dollars, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not allowed. Uh, man, and Sharapova is sixteen to one. Mm-mm-mm. Well, let's get to the. We'll get to the women later. Um, so, I so encourage or discourage? You you said this tournament was better overall. Are you encouraged for the state of tennis or discouraged? And who cares about American tennis? It's clay for God's <laughs> sakes. Um, I'm encouraged for 
the state of tennis, but I still, and I was having this conversation with someone today too. I, I said how bad that tennis is going to be once all these guys are gone. And I think part of it is that, that the Zverev game just doesn't excite me that much. I think he's going to be a great player. And obviously, even though he's been horrible and slammed, I'm sure he'll win some at some point, but he just, uh, his game is not exciting to me. So the fact that he's going to be the one that's kind of the dominant player is not that exciting to me, but maybe it is to other people. I don't know. Well, and you want to look at him like, oh, this is, you know, one of the next gen. As a matter of fact, he's so next gen, he qualifies for big yeah. kid stuff. And he skipped the next gen. And skipped next gen. But then you watch him play and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Who, who volleys like that? God. His volleys are horrendous. And you want to talk about commentary. So in the third set, he hit one volley that went in, but it was terrible. And then he hit a second volley that was like outside the alley. And the I think it was Lindsey Davenport said, yeah, his volleys are not quite to the level he would like them to be yet, but he's been working on it. And I'm thinking, how about they say they suck ass? I yeah. mean, just say what they they're, are. They're, they're, well, you know what? They might be some of the best in the men's game. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, they're they're Listen. in the you know, like in the you know, in golf they have the the ratings of like greens and regulation and driving. They need to have that for tennis, and oh maybe God. he'd be like fiftieth in volleys and not like we think, like a thousand. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a bit much <laughs> i mean we know his brother's better to start with yeah but that's even, what's so crazy explain that even fetter look at fetter his volleys are not good if you watch old video of like sampras and edberg obviously edberg's a certain volleyer yeah and, and even getting into you know newer territory although for some of these listeners they might not remember taylor dent playing because uh, it was so short but the difference in the level of volleys between the a greatest player in the whole wide world <laughs> and 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 it's just it's abysmal. Well, and you know that they they talk about this occasionally, but I think one of the most underrated volleys on the tour is Nadal. I think his volleys oh, yeah. are really good. And well, I don't know about really good, but yeah. Well, but I think same with Federer. The reason they get credit for their volleys being so good is they're hitting amazing approach shots. And, and everybody then, else's volleys suck. But Zverev has great approach shots, and his volleys are still awful. They are like he's hitting you know 100 mile an hour forehand of the corner, and he still hits a terrible volley. Right. They don't know where to be. It's no. unbelievable. It's unreal how awful they They look like, club, no offense, they look like club players. They look like wreck players when they come up to the net and they're just befuddled. Yeah, the people I teach don't go to the net and they, they go in and hit a volley like Zverev and they say, this why I don't go to the net. And that is why those guys <laughs> don't go to the net. I will tell you this, though, and this should make Ed Berg and Sampras and uh, Taylor Dent proud. By the way, Taylor Dent, who has an academy in North Texas in the DFW area, by the way. He does. He does. Um we got to get him on the pod. But uh, one thing that will make those guys proud is I'm a firm believe, believer in the cyclical nature of tennis, and I don't care what they say about the strings, about the, the pace of the ball, the spin from the ground, and all this other stuff. It's going to come back. Coming to the net will come back. It's, it's that simple. Because if you have a guy like Nadal or a guy like Djokovic who you cannot get past – Right. From the baseline, you've got to figure out a different way. Now, not you, not Sverev is, is not obviously going to figure out a way to get past them coming to the net, but young kids coming up are dealing with this, you know, basically monolithic baseline type game we have now th these days. And there, there's an old saying I like to use. It's called get in where you fit in. Yeah. And if they can't keep up with people from the baseline, they'll start adjusting and that'll just naturally evolve and eventually we'll start getting people coming to the net. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't understand why. And, and comment, I, it's not like I'm the only genius that think I am a genius that thought of this, <laughs> but not the only one. But when Nadal's got his ass cheeks up against the back wall returning, why wouldn't you serve in volley? For the love of God, serve in volley. Well, I remember my guy touted for the whole tournament, Kevin Anderson, you know, made the finals, and then we thought, surely in the finals he's going to come to the net. In the U.S. Open. And he did nothing. Right. He didn't come to the net at all, but then when he did come in, he was horrible. <laughs> so we sort of saw why. But, right. But still, I mean, are you going to beat Nadal at a baseline rally for Kevin Anderson? Never. Right. At the net, at least he might miss a ball. You might get an easy setup. I mean, something. Right. Put some pressure on him, make him speed up everything. So anyway, that was a side note. So, so overall, I think uh, – you know, in the immortal words of uh, Dennis Green, we were what they thought we were. <laughs> Crown their ass. Love that. What? What is it? Yeah, they it, were what we. Th they are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. So and we let them off the hook. That was a that was a 
great game and a greater press conference. What a fan. Yeah. And, and you know what? Zverev let him off the hook. He did. Let him off the hook. Well, you know when I knew the match was over was when... I figured you were going to say... I was waiting for you to chime in and say when they shook hands. But no, when they, when he started hitting drop shots, yeah. I said, I know it's done. Yeah. Because he... I'd never seen him hit drop shots ever. And the fact that he was hitting drop shots told me he knew he couldn't rally with Nadal. So he just... That was like a give up. Well... What what happens is you check out. You check out. You want this point to be over and right. you force it to be over. In some some instances, that translates into just hitting the shit out of the ball, trying to change directions and just end the point down the line. Sometimes it's I can't take the pressure of you know ball after ball after ball, and I throw in a a goofy drop shot which sits four feet up above the net and. You know, what do I expect to happen? And the reason I knew that is because that's what I do. <laughs> I don't ever try to kill the ball, but I'm, I'm hit, the rally's going too long. Oh, how about a drop shot? That works really well against hey, somebody. One way or another, this shit's over. <laughs> right. right. I'm done. I'm done yeah. at this point. I've had enough. Well, I, listen, I, look, first of all, nothing's changed. I feel like a broken record and I need to get some new material. But <laughs> the bottom line is the only reason Zverev won games or sets in that match is because Nadal's level dropped into the toilet he looked like he looked terrible making unforced errors making dumb faces looking at his dumb box or whoever's sister yeah. or whatever i didn't call her dumb but whatever <laughs> uh and and kind of looking like a little lost and it wasn't because all of a sudden zverev was playing out of his mind well i think we got a glimpse too of why zverev is so great in two out of three and not so great in three out of five where he just didn't he couldn't sustain it for three sets right and you have to, like, you'll play somebody who's above average, but they'll play above average for five sets, where if he's playing amazing and terrible over the course of five sets. Well, I'll let him off the hook on the rain delay, because I do think that made it, again, he was up 3-1 before they had the first little yeah. switcheroo there, and then no warm-up, then a, 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 I think it was 5-0, 50 minutes, and then they had to do the whole warm-up, and if you're the underdog... And particularly when everybody on the planet says, oh, no, decima, <laughs> then, you know, you're you're up a break and you're thinking, wow, I'm, I'm up a break. I'm going to win right. this thing. And you get in your own head and you're a youngster because I mean, he's still, what is he, 12 still? I mean, he's still pretty young. <laughs> I know. It is crazy how young he is. And so I, I'll let him off the hook on having some emotional control issues in the final of a 1,000 on a surface that is, you know, basically given, it's a given that, you know, nobody's going to beat Rafa, and then he has a little bit of a meltdown and, and doesn't win another game. I That is somewhat acceptable to me. I mean, you, you know, you think about the Agassi, BG Tennis Nation story, when, you know, when he was coaching Agassi in the finals of, uh, was it the French? Against Medvedev? Oh, yeah, when he was down two sets to love. Right, and then they had a rain delay or what have you, and, and BG goes in there and reads him the riot act and or whatever he did. I can't remember. I've, <laughs> I've seen the story, but I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, and Nadal and Djokovic in the French, uh, same thing. So, you know, I mean... And that Henman can, and Ivanisevic, of course, is the, oh, yeah, of from course. your era. Uh, uh, Henman, another certain volleyer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, that part I don't have a problem with. It's the It's the pitiful level in the first set except for one game, and then and then watching him steamroll when Nadal wasn't even really 50% of his ability. It was, it was, it was not encouraging. It was, it, was, it was not at all. Well, and wouldn't you say that essentially is like starting a new match? And I think if you put 95% of players against Nadal up 3-1 or 3-2 in a match, they're still going to lose on clay. So it's not like he choked. Right. It's just that Nadal is – Well, his is, level also did drop yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway. All right, well, who cares? Men's tennis sucks. Um, <laughs> I am encouraged, you know, except for his heart thing <laughs> that Djokovic does when he wins matches where he, uh, actually, I saw something on Twitter where he says he's throwing his boobs at everybody. <laughs> Imaginary boobs at everybody. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I hate it, and I yeah. hate it. I want to punch him in his throat every time he does it. Uh, aside from that, I'm excited that he's getting his life back together. Yeah, and hopefully he can make the entire draw. I mean, just adding one more player adds so much to the draw. When you're like, okay, now we got a shot. Well, and you know that had he lost first round the in Rome, he was going to be unseated in the French. Right. Although that's what they kept saying. I would find that hard to believe if they didn't seat him 
uh, in the French, but I guess. What, was he uh, pregnant? <laughs> but it is funny that you had him doing all that, doing the stupid celebration, and then the other woman that did the stupid celebration with Petkovic, and they both got like serious injuries. <laughs> so maybe that's the uh, karma for doing those uh, dumb celebrations I after matches. Know. I don't know. I don't want to say that, but anyway, it just makes me ill. Well, I got to go one last thing on these odds oh, since God. you brought it up. Oh, God. What do you think? Who do you think is the highest American? It's got to be the best chance. It's got to be Query. Well, it's actually three are tied, but what do you think the odds are? So if you bet $100 on Sam Query, what do you think you would win if he won the French Open? So what was what was Nadal? You bet $9 and you win four? Yeah, you bet. A, you bet. You got to bet two twenty-five to win a hundred. Yeah, right. nine to four, same thing. So you bet one dollar. Yeah, and you win two hundred. Close, one hundred fifty. Not bad. So Vegas has more faith in Query than I do. Yeah. So Sock, Isner, and Query are all one fifty, basically. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I think I think their odds are better that you'll find all three of them at a clan rally. <laughs> Hiya! <laughs> that was for you, Tennis Twitter. I don't Call buy back. that, you animals. <laughs> not that kind of animals. Oh, my God. What am I doing? But see, this side actually has team as the second favorite, not Zverev. Oh. So, there you go. That is I do need. I, it'd be more fun if I knew how odds worked. But I haven't, <laughs> I've been an NCAA coach for, I don't know, since like 99. So Well, and it's kind of like nobody really bets on in that way. Like, if you're betting on a game, you're betting on a game, just who's going to win, and right. you get paid a certain amount. The odds don't really matter that much. Right. If you're that confident. Point in, spreads. Right, point spread. easy to figure out. Which I think in tennis you can bet that way too, but it's dumb because it's like, he's going to win eight and a half games. Well, it's like, you could really <laughs> right. win, you could win a set and, and right. win less than eight and a half games. Well, I'll tell you who's going to win more than eight and a half games. You know who, but I'll tell you when we come back. <laughs> It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, Serena, we're back. So what? It was Serena. She's going to win more <laughs> than eight and a half games, don't you think? If she plays. Don't you think? She was on uh, Chatelier uh, practicing. Did you see that footage? I didn't, huh? Yeah, they, she was out on Chatelier. Uh-huh. I mean, it's only, you know, however, you know, hour flight probably from wherever well, in the hell Windsor Castle <laughs> is. And that's why I have more respect for her than Federer that she's playing, even though she knows she probably can't win. Yeah, I said it. I like it. <laughs> Federer is I don't not know. playing because he knows he can't win. Well, I didn't have a pause because I was all worried about what you said about Federer <laughs> and wanted to fight you, wanted to duel. Um, I'm I'm not sure that you're accurate in her thoughts. Well, she's... Do you think she thinks she can win the tournament? Yeah, I don't think she's worried about these trifling-ass bitches out here. Yeah. Well, I think Federer... That's the thing. I think Federer could win the tournament, too. I think Federer could win the French Open. Yeah. I have no doubt about it. That's why it irritates me that he doesn't play. That's what I mean. That's why I say I have more respect for her than I do for him. I think he's hedging his bets and saying, you know what? If I win the French, then it, then the tennis revolution is correct, and this really is the weakest area <laughs> in the history of men's tennis. So let me just bow out and yeah. act like, oh, it's so tough to win with all these great players. Oh my God, is he going to win the? Is he going to win Wimbledon? And if he is, is he going to win it as easily as Nadal wins the French? That's for next week. Sorry. Right. That's for, <laughs> that's, after, for a while away. that's for after the French Open. Uh so the women. So how about those women? First of all, it's it's amazing the difference. Now don't get me wrong. I miss Serena being in the draw because it adds not only the top player right. by a good margin, but it adds a lot of depth by herself. She just adds a lot of depth to the tournament. Um well, and the element of just people trying to beat her. Right. But it's not as devastating when she's out right. as when these other joke, you know, jokers, yeah. no pun intended, <laughs> are out. Yeah. Well, why is it I'm always one year off? I'm a, like Svitolina. I thought last year she was going to be the star, and she didn't didn't come through. And then now here she is this year. But again, she still hasn't done it. She's kind of like the the females Zverev. She hasn't done anything in a slam. Right. She's won a couple of Masters, I believe, but she hasn't been able to do anything in a slam. 
Might have made one semi. Well, you know, and, and they've got different problems. You know, my theory on the men's side is all these next-gen guys, they have one set of obstacles. Right. But the problem is, it playing the, the big four or big three now, whatever, if you're Zverev or Team or whoever, Nisha Corey, somebody like that, the, the problem with playing those players is there's really not real, real pressure. Right. It's almost like if you're a, a boys 12 and you play in the 18s, let's say you're really good yeah. and you can compete with a, you know, in a boys 18s, you know, right. tournament. It's a little unfair to the 12 because you don't have real pressure because you look at these dudes with facial hair and you're like, <laughs> you know, you're this 12 year old, yeah. even if it's a boys 14 playing in the 18s and you don't have real expectations, you don't have real ple- pressure and you can always just say, yeah, well, I'm playing guys four years older than me. Of course, you know, it's good experience and I'm a good player and I'm more talented than they are, but they're older. So big deal. I'm not supposed to win. Yeah. Same thing for, for these guys playing the big four. Um, they just haven't had that grind. I mean, not that, I'm not saying the tour is not difficult. I'm just saying r- relative to years past, they haven't had those obstacles to overcome to become the players they are. Now, again, Zverev's 12, all right, whatever he is. But, <laughs> you know, but still, um, I don't know. I just think it's such a big di- drop from one level to the next that it's just it's kind of a schizophrenic, you know, or bipolar. Yeah. I don't know my words. Well, I don't think those women, any of those women players have – the intimidation factor either that the big four have, which, like you said, that could be good and bad. I mean, I don't think... I think it's good because Sloane Stevens can go out and win 0-0, but then go out and lose 0-0 against anyone. And a good deal of it's her, of course, but it's also, you know, I mean, she couldn't go out and do that against me. She would beat me (laughs) 0-0 and 0-1 on a bad day. Uh, So, But it's like, if I'm playing, if I'm in the French Open and I'm playing it all first round... I'm buying the plane ticket for the the Tuesday, but if I'm playing Halep in the first round and I'm any woman in the draw, I'm thinking, well, you have a chance to win that, right? Just because, and I don't know what the reason is. I'm not saying that to be a sexist, but I think that just because they haven't established themselves as the men consistent suck. winners, the men suck. <laughs> well, there's yeah, there's a bigger gap, but also just I don't feel like Halep or Wozniak or any of those players have like a the pedigree of success, so anybody else is that worried about them? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I think although I would say in first rounds that's probably you know that's not Hal's problem. Yeah, Hal's problem is when it matters in the finals. Oh, what a disaster she was! (laughs) What a disaster she was. Yeah, she remember Murray had that had such that bad record in finals for a while. She's got to be hers has got to be worse than his. Yeah. Well, and and then Svitolina's is like I think they said twelve and two in finals. I mean that's some Michael Jordan shit. Yeah, she has a problem just getting there. That's some Michael Jordan shit. Well, maybe, yeah, I'm trying to figure out who to try. Uh, It's slow progress here and trying to figure out who I need to follow or get to follow. (laughs) And I go back and forth. But somebody that just won a 1,000, yeah. I mean, that's too, you know what I mean? I don't want to be on that bandwagon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What I love about this tournament, we had the the mixture of players. You had the Sharapova veteran, Wozniacki, and then you had Halep and Svitolina. You had some, a good mix of, players that have had success and players that aren't players are coming back there was a lot more storylines i feel like there's only one storyline in the in in the men's and that's nadal or not and with Djokovic coming back i mean yeah that was a storyline but the storyline really was he's coming back but he still can't beat it all yeah i think uh yeah i i I think there's a lot more depth in terms of not just level but depths in terms of like you said the story uh, of the women's draw for sure, which makes it way more compelling, yeah. which makes it way more frustrating. You can't find it on any fucking <laughs> Well, to me, there's only, like in French, there's going to be one storyline in the men's. Every round, it's going to be, isn't it all going to dominate? And, and like I said, there's going to be a little bit of Djokovic and Zverev, but that's about it. Whereas the women's are going to have, how's Serena going to look? How's Sharapova going to look? Right. How can Halep hold it up under the pressure? You know, there's a lot more op- more things to follow. Which makes it more interesting. How fired up are you about Sharapova's run? Well, because of the fact that she beat good players, I think that makes it more exciting. But, you know, she did that before when she came back, and then she just kind of... Yeah, she beat Halep in the first round yeah. in her first match back. Right, and then it kind of just... Petered out. Yeah, so that's the only reason I'm kind of tempered with my excitement this time. Well, it's, I think it's growing. Yeah. I think she's adding each time. She's adding a bit and adding a bit. I, I think she'll be back. 
Well, I really just am curious how how badly she wants it now is a, is my main you know curiosity. I feel like when you try to go all out in the matches and you haven't been putting the work in the gym and the practice, then that's when you get injured or you just don't get the results you used to. Yeah. Because she obviously her skill level hasn't changed. Well, that's not true. It could have. Yeah. I mean, sitting on the shelf, uh, you know, I, I'm sure she was practicing, but it's not the same grind that, you know. The well, I guess is. I say the reason her skill level shouldn't have changed is because she should have still been able to do all the same work. Oh, right, right, right. Then right. she got injured. Right. So after get, that, yeah. yeah. But Well, I think um, my guess is that she had the sense that everybody hated her anyway before all this. Right. So now that she's playing while everybody hates her, I don't think anything changes there. That's a good point. You know, so from that frame of reference, because uh, she took a lot of heat for the whole thing. Right. And coming back and getting wild cards and everybody bitching and whatever. And I don't mean tennis Twitter, because who gives a shit about them? Right. I mean players in the press talking shit about her. Yeah. You know, that, that's that got to be a, a trying situation when you're somewhat friendly. But she seems like she's pretty pretty icy and standoffish to all you know <laughs> her fellow players anyway just because i mean some people have to be well and what was so stupid about that is the players complained about her you know getting on the good courts and getting seated i mean look how it worked out for Halep playing her when she wasn't seated she had to play her first round it'd be better for the field if she yeah, was seated right you know anything right because that you know reduces the chances you're gonna play her early on so and that will, was kind of a dumb argument and maybe that's why Halep was like yeah i don't mind she she was right. like she's like yeah she comes back whatever she was never you know bothered by it all so and i and still Halep has never beaten her in a match so that's something to look out for in the french if sherpa was unseated again there we go she could play her at any point in the tournament so how about ostapenko coming back to the the forefront yeah, that was a match that I really again. That was a match I really wish I could have seen. Ostapenko and Sharapova. That would have been. <laughs> I did see it actually. Yeah, I know part, there had to be interesting yeah. moments in that. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty tough. It was a pretty good match. Uh, close. Well, know. one of the sets Sharapova saved a bunch of set points, right? But then Ostapenko won it anyway. Uh, yeah, the first set I believe. Yeah, she saved him to get into the breaker. Which that does tell me that Sharapova is coming back. If she was able to fight through all that and still win the match. Yeah, because that's one of the things she's known for is that that competitor, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. How sweet would it be to have, you know, Holop in one semi with Sharapova and, you know, Williams, Wozniacki, Serena Wozniacki on the other side, or some combination of those. Where, yeah. You know. That would be great. Uh, although Wozniacki, I think, is is liked. You know, yeah. I, I want to see more fireworks. <laughs> well, and some, they're friends, too. Yeah, so, so I want to see some people. Yeah, I'd rather see Wozniacki and Sharapova. Wozniacki was one of the ones really critical of her. Yeah, there you go. And then Halep and Serena is always good because Halep's number one. Serena wants to prove that she's really not. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be the, probably the ideal quarter or a semifinal, I mean. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I wouldn't watch a single men's match of the French. <laughs> Not one. I wouldn't watch one match if, if that's how it all played out. Except remember, out. the French is the tournament that does that dumbass. They show both both semis play at the same time on two different courts, which is so awful. Right. Um, and then they don't, instead of showing them consecutively here, they show them, they ping pong back and forth. Yeah. Which I hate, but well, I, guess, I guess they fill up two stadiums instead of one. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if... If they have if they have a Sharapova semifinal, and it's not some no name that kind of slip not no name that's not right but you know somebody yeah. not one somebody in the top ten that slips through, and that's not a marquee match over any Nadal ass whipping <laughs> he's going to give you know yeah. a two two and two semifinal I swear I'll throw my TV <laughs> out the window, um, then it would be criminal criminal to not you know really focus and make yeah. that a marquee. Well, uh, match. and since you brought that up, let me ask you this. Would you rather watch, I'm going to try to pick two players that are in the you know 30s and 40s. Let's say, would you rather watch Steve Johnson play Bonini in a close match or watch Nadal play Burdich and beat him, you know, one, two, and one? Because you know on TV which one they're going to show. Well, that's always the case. I would rather watch. That's why I love the Grand Slams when they, you know, with Direct, Direct TV. TV. Yeah. yeah, with Direct TV, they they have six options besides right. the ESPN two. But what options. I don't understand is what pl- what fan would rather watch that Nadal match in that setting? That's what I don't understand. Like, even if I'm a hardcore Nadal fan, I wouldn't want to watch that. 
Right, it's completely predictable. Yeah. It's almost like a video game that you right. have set on easy. <laughs> right, exactly. So why would you, yeah, exactly, why would you <laughs> want to. I like that uh, analogy for Nadal's career on clay. Yeah, why would you want to just watch something so predictable and yeah. just. I have no problem if he gets down a break or it's 4-4 in the set and you want to show. I have no problem with that. Right. But right. when you're up two sets to love, he's probably. Two and one. 200 and oh. And you're up 4-2 in the third. Right. He's probably 200 and oh when he's up two sets in clay and they're going to show, you know, up to the last point. I'm like, I don't know why we would need to see that and anybody would want to see that. Well, that's why I'm glad they're going away from 32 seeds soon because yeah. you're going to see more first round matches, hopefully that aren't just absolute ass whippings. Yeah. Um, because I'm always for, provided provided it's it's two players that have a decent level. Yeah, I mean, I don't they have wanna, to have some notoriety, I don't want to com- I don't want a competitive match where they're both, you know, it's four <laughs> all in the third and they've had 75 unforced errors per yeah. set. When it's winner. number 97 versus number 78, you know, I mean, that I understand. No, but. I don't have a problem with that if they're playing well. True. If they're if they're playing well and competing and they're in it mentally and emotionally as well, then that's way more fun. I will say the one problem is usually that match is on court 317. Yeah. And the camera angle sucks. Yeah. So watching it doesn't look great. True. But uh, but yeah, I would much prefer a, a competitive quality match than seeing a superstar. It, it, literally, if I've never heard of the two players, right. And they're in the draw. I don't care if it's some French wild card you know yeah. junior that they gave it to for right. winning you know whatever made he made the best fleet or whatever <laughs> I, I don't know what that is uh, yeah. <laughs> i just wonder how they how they determine i mean i guess they're catering to the casual fan that's going to just turn on the tv and say oh look Nadal's playing let's watch this a little bit whereas if you turn it on and it's you know like i said johnson and bonini maybe they don't even stop the stop and they don't even watch i don't know yeah i mean you would yeah i don't know i on the one hand, you think, oh, these people do this for a living. Of course, they know how to deal with TV ratings and all that. But then again, you know, 80% of shows are canceled. Right. You know, so I, who, who the hell knows? But I, I'm i with you. I I mean, if you have good commentators that can set the stage, that, you know, but your main team, right? they didn't do all the research on these players. Right. So they can't just, at the drop of a hat, jump over to the court and start talking intelligently yeah. about some wild card, some French kid, you know, right. wild card. Um, whereas, well, to be honest with you, whatever team is on that court, they don't know what the hell they're doing either. Um, <laughs> so yippee. they didn't on BN, uh, definitely, oh, apparently. Yeah. Well, the two, the, the, the person from the podcast was fine. Okay. Um, but anywho, so, so yeah, so once again, we end the, in the show with women's tennis is better than men's <laughs> and, uh, who cares about it all? Yeah. You got a corner today or what? Yeah, I do. Uh-oh. So I was actually reading an article today, and it seems to come up every time somebody like Zverev is in the final. And the article was all about, you know, Zverev is the future of tennis. And the reason why is because he's the perfect height for tennis. This is going to be the height that dominates from now. You know, six foot five and above is clearly the future of tennis. And every every amazing player is going to be that height from now on. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because if you look in the last 20 years. Okay. I don't have my computer and my soundboard, <laughs> but whatever the sound. Yeah. There's been two. You had Chilich and Del Potro and there's been no women over six, two that have won anything uh, in the last t- or ever. I don't think there's ever been a woman over six, two. So Venus and, and I think Sherpa they're both over about six, six one or six, six two. One. Yeah. And so, I mean, I get what they're saying. And yeah, there was the, the big argument was, well, look at Kyrgios and look at, Zverev and there's a couple others that are in the top 20 but it's like I feel like that's why they're in the top 20 and not in the top four right so basically Zverev obviously is they maximized well here's one tidbit that maybe will sort of correlate so in recruiting one of the ways to find a diamond in the rough so to speak when you're recruiting and this happens more with guys than girls just because of the way that adolescent boys develop this sounds like a creepy podcast (laughs) it's not the direction you think but if you find a guy or a like a a boy you know 16s player that is gangly still a little kind of like murray actually was and but he's already learned how to win without having any you know extraordinary physical abilities thus far uh, but then all of a sudden he hits 18, 19, 20 and yeah. really starts to 
both fill out with his muscular frame and also get more coordinated. You know, his tendons and everything catch up to the size, right. to length of his, his extremities, et cetera. Now he becomes more coordinated, more, you know, whatever. Now he already knows how to win. Oh, and then you also gave him a big gun. You right. know, here you go. Good luck, everybody out there. Yeah. As opposed to that kid that's always been bigger. It's always been bigger from 12s and 14s right. and 18s. And he's been, what he does is he oftentimes comes back to the pack once you get to the 18s. Yeah, because everybody else is catching up. Everybody's becoming more athletic, more physically stronger, et cetera. And so similarly to what you're saying is, is if these guys have gone through their tennis, you know, they've had, they've had the advantage throughout their career. And so that is precisely what allowed them to get to this point, but peak at that point. So I, yeah, I don't, I mean, until the average height of everyone is 6'4", you know, until everything moves right. to where everybody's taller, because the bottom line is, is if you're six foot, six one, the amount of balance and mobility and agility you have compared to somebody 6'6", six, six, it's, it's, it's such a big difference. Well, and that's what I was getting at. If you're going to name, if you're going to pick, you know, your attributes for a player, you're not going to make your player 6'4", if you want to be number one in the world, or 6'5". I don't think. I don't either. And that's what they were kind of arguing is if that was like the perfect height for a tennis player now, and I didn't agree with it. Yeah, I I don't – until the majority of people – until the average height – I don't know what the average height in the world is in, in men, but I think it's, it's under – It's about 5'11", 5'10 and a half, I think. So until that's above 6'3", to where everybody's a little gangly, and there's only a few that are 5'11", 6 foot that are really quick-footed, and et cetera, I don't, I don't see how that would change. Well, when they are saying one of their – pieces of evidence was that the average NBA player used to be 6'2", and now the average NBA player is 6'7". And I said, but again, if you're looking at the best players ever, you know, Jordan, I think, was 6'6", six, six, LeBron, 6'8", six, they're always in that same range. Well, and here's another big tidbit that doesn't really matter for basketball. They have to jump up. <laughs> and, right. Know, we don't... Doesn't matter for tennis, you mean. Our, yeah, our net is not 27 feet in the air. Right. Uh, neither is basketball goal, but 10 feet in the air. So... It, yeah, I mean, if you're going to tell me 6'4 is better than 5'9", obviously. I mean, agility and so on and so forth, moving side to side, changing directions, all those kind of things are are important in basketball, but how agile was Shaq? It was great for a 7'3 guy, right? but for the average guy in the NBA, he was probably one of the lowest. Well, and let's see what Zverev, I'm not saying that Zverev is not going to be amazing, but he let, sucks let's he's see tall. when he's 26 and 28. If he's still moving the same as he is now. Right, right. You know, because nobody else has. Yeah, ask Evo. Right. Karlovic. I mean, those guys are doing well, and Query does well, but I mean, they've, you start, they get injured more often. I'm sure the statistics bear that out, and they also lose their mobility a lot quicker. Right. Now, they don't need their mobility as much either, but, right. But to get to the highest level, you do. Agreed. So that's what I, I just thought. I don't think we're going to be seeing top players for the next 20 years be six five plus and i hope not because all that means is bang 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 yeah you know serve game over and that's 90s boring style tennis as they used to call it but <laughs> um yeah i don't think that'll ever be the case because you'll always have guys that are like nadal or they can move and, right. and get a lot more balls back than these big tall guys and well, i don't think they're ever going to be able to hit hard enough because of their height. Yeah. When well, so, the women's almost gone the opposite now. The, the best players are, I would actually say, shorter than they maybe were 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, Halep and Wozniak here, neither of them are tall. Right. And the Sharapovas and Keys and those players are not dominating like like they would have in the 90s. Yeah. So that's a great coach's corner, even though you're under the weather. That was fantastic. All right, I do my best. Sacrifice for the podcast Look every week. Look at that. He's a hero, folks. He's a hero. <laughs> Speaking of heroes, you could be a hero out there if you just tell your damn friends. Do you have any friends? You, you, I would think you at least have acquaintances. Why did we choose this podcast for an individual sport that, that people don't have anybody to tell? That's a great point. Oh, damn it. We should have done a lacrosse or something. <laughs> Rugby. Um, I think it's because we both played tennis or something. Yeah, I, must, um, I think so. So, yeah. So, tell your friends. Spread the word. We're growing, of course. Not growing fast enough, as I always say. Um, I'm thinking about doing some giveaways. Yeah? I was thinking about those... Uh, drawstring like backpack little things the little bags kind of yeah. whatever you know what i'm talking about yeah i don't know what they're called drawstring bags probably <laughs> uh throw our logo on there huh I maybe like maybe for the best question of the podcast type thing so i'm not saying that's happening yet slow your roll out there <laughs> but get your questions ready 
Uh, call in. We'll we'll give you the phone number. It's got a lot of fives. Five five five. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So go to the website tennisrevolutionpodcast.com. dot com. Follow us at Twitter one zero s r e v at tennis rev. Uh, that's where most of the action happens. Uh, if you're looking for a picture, hang on, <laughs> hang on. It's never coming. But follow Instagram anyway. Tennis, yeah. Tennis Revolution Pod on Insta. Next time you're listening to BN, just mute it and turn on the podcast. Oh my God. No, no, no. I don't want to talk bad about those other folks. Do it. I'm not a. I'm not against other podcasts at all. Yeah. I mean. Any, no, I'm saying mute the uh, commentary. Commentary. Oh, I and see. Listen to us instead. And just listen to us talk about nothing that's going on on the <laughs> in the match you're watching. Yeah, just like them. Perfect. Um. What else? So Insta, all the stuff you listen to. So Apple Podcast. Start another Twitter feud with Coach. Stitcher is something out there. BG's uh replied to me twice on Twitter. By the way. Yeah, he's. It'll be interesting to see if uh, we get some one. French Open topics going with him. That'll be fun. Um, what else? Stitcher, SoundCloud, maybe. I'm. I'm thinking possibly. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the rest. It's all good ones. Google yeah. Play. There you go. That's you can. Your, you can find us somewhere. Just, you obviously did once. Yeah, exactly. If you're listening, <laughs> right? I'm not talking to anybody that's not listening now. <laughs> quite obviously. Uh, unless we just do this podcast walking down the street right. like jackasses. Uh, yeah. So anywho, so, uh, by the way, email in or pi- or whatever, all those things I told you, if you can think of something better than a drawstring bag, those might be a little pricey. So just thong. Just, oh my God. Just for, <laughs> just for you during the podcast, <laughs> ideally. Uh, so anyway, all right. Well, in, uh, anything else, uh, to add to this, uh, fantastic prolific podcast? I think that's it. All right, well, we got a couple smaller tournaments coming up and then uh, on to Paris. Can't wait. And uh, everybody out there, I am looking for a checkmarked player. Ranking is irrelevant. So be thinking about that if you're a player listening and you really want to make that bold step <laughs> to choose follow. Nina Wickmeyer did it once. I think she's afraid to do it. <laughs> what kind of connotation that puts on her. But, yes. Uh, uh, Notice she, you haven't seen her in any tournaments lately. Look what happened. Ah, yeah. I'm just saying the karma's out there. So, all right, everybody. Until uh, next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Follow on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>